Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Everybody and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you with Rich Hill on this beautiful Thursday. It is week 14 in the NFL, 14 of 17. This season is almost over. Somehow, some way, it happened. Rich Hill, happy December. And are you ready for what I'm looking at to be a pretty awesome slate of games this weekend? Yeah, I mean, this is when football starts to really matter. I'm pretty excited about it. I, I mean, we were going over the schedule for this week right before we started recording this. It's a very good week, Alec. I mean, it's yeah, very, man. very good. Uh, from top to bottom, we have a big game. We got Ravens at Buffalo. That's going to be a big one. They're two of the top three teams in the AFC. In the NFC side, you have the 49ers and Saints. They're the top two teams in the NFC. Uh, you add in the, the Chiefs and Patriots. And then also, like, a sneaky, important game with the Titans and Raiders. That's going to decide who gets the sixth seed, most likely. Uh, this is a pretty jam-packed week from top to bottom. Uh Starting with probably what I think would be your favorite game, Dolphins on the road against the Jets. Yeah, you know, man, unfortunately, this game has kind of lost some of its luster. The Dolphins won some games, the Jets won some games, and they <laughs> and they lost to the Bengals somehow. So I was really hoping this would be one of those games where they were both like one-win teams or like two-win teams tops, and they were like fighting, and neither team wanted to win, but um, that's okay. It's, it's going to be fun watching the Futility Bowl play out. I'm not as excited as I was, though, before, I'm sorry to say. I'm really psyched <laughs> for Ravens-Bills. I'm really psyched for 49ers-Saints. I'm actually psyched for Broncos-Texans. That could be a sneaky good game. All at 1 p.m., weirdly. I feel like the NFL kind of messed up its, its flexing ability and didn't really think down the road too much. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Uh, the Rams have been a pretty disappointing team this year, and most of these other games, I mean, 49ers-Saints, I would rather have that flexed into the, the Sunday night spot. Um, but yeah, what are you going to do about it? I, I think what I would want to do when we're evaluating this week, because we're in the final quarter of the season, Alec, is to do a little bit of a playoff analysis. Right now is where you can really start making some serious analysis uh, and evaluations and uh, put forward thoughts on how you want or how you think the remaining four weeks of the year are going to play out because that's going to ultimately decide how the playoff seedings fare and whether the Patriots have the number one seed, number two seed, or whatever that might be. So I'm going to pose to you 
the final four games of the four top contenders in the AFC that aren't the Patriots. And I want you to tell me how you think you see this team playing the rest of their season. Does that work for you? Let's do it. All right. So the Baltimore Ravens have their final four games. They are at Buffalo against the Bills. They host the New York Jets. They're on the road against the Browns. And then they host the Pittsburgh Steelers to finish the season. How do you see them playing? I don't. I think if they either lose to the Buffalo Bills this weekend or they go four and zero, that's a pretty cake schedule. This is their last real test. Uh, they probably go four and zero, finish fourteen and two, and take the number one seed. That's what I had to guess. All right, fourteen and two. So that uh, leads me to this next one. Based off of that, the Buffalo Bills with their nine and three record. They are hosting the Baltimore Ravens, which you said is you're predicting a loss. They are on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're on the road against the Patriots, and then they host the New York Jets. Maybe it's just me having watched the Bills for my entire life, and mainly the 21st <laughs> century. I still don't buy them. I know it sounds ridiculous to say that based on how good their defense is playing, but this is when the Buffalo Bills fans get their heart ripped out. I think the Bills lose three of their last four games, Ooh. and it just goes all south for them, and the Bills are going to turn back into the Bills. So they go one and three down the stretch. Man, all right. Well, so that still means that they'll finish 10-6, and six, but if that is the case, then the Patriots will have clinched the AFC East, uh, even if they don't win another game, I believe. Um, so then, Alec, if you have the Bills at 10-6, and six, Let's go to the Houston Texans coming off their victory against the Patriots. They uh, got absolutely cod swallowed by the Baltimore Ravens, 41-7 back in week 11. Uh, but they have their four games against, uh, they are hosting the Denver Broncos. They're on the road against the resurgent Tennessee Titans. Then following that up with another road game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before finishing the season by hosting the Tennessee Titans again. So two of their last three games are against the Titans. How do you see that playing? The Texans are one of those teams that are very talented, but they're also very inconsistent. So I think they will maybe falter a little bit, have a hiccup where they probably shouldn't have one, maybe split with the Titans, and then drop a game they shouldn't drop. Maybe even this weekend to the Broncos, even though they have no bits of losing to them, going 2-2 two and two down the stretch. All right, so that's another 10-6 and six team with the Houston Texans. And so... Uh, Last team I want to question you about, the Kansas City Chiefs. They are on the road against the Patriots. Maybe you don't have to give me that prediction just yet. Uh, but then they host the Denver Broncos. They're on the road against the Chicago Bears. And then they host the L.A. Chargers. Of those last three games, how do you see those three games playing out? I say the Chiefs go 3-1 and one in that stretch. Oh, wow. Okay. So 3-1. and one. That effectively means that uh, the Chiefs are your three seed. They will be 11 and five. Uh, your Texans will be 10 and six. And then you have the Bills at their 10 and six as well as the five seed. The Ravens will be the number one seed, of course, at 14 and two. The Patriots will just have to win, uh, you know, two games if they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. But they have to win. Uh, they have games against the Bengals and the Dolphins. So hopefully they can pull that off and then they won't even have to beat both the, the Chiefs and the Bills. So. All this exercise is to say the Patriots are fine. They have a very strong lead atop uh, most other teams in the AFC with regards to getting one of the two bye weeks, the two crucially important bye weeks. 
And in your scenario, the the Patriots would host the Chiefs in the divisional round, or you know whoever the the top seed would be, and then the Ravens would host the bottom seed. I mean, this is all to say the Patriots are going to be a-okay, Alec. And with that in mind, let's go talk about the Patriots taking on the Chiefs. Let's do this, because this is the game that everybody had circled when the schedule first came out. This was your AFC Championship preview. They're both going to be 14 or 13-0 and going into this game, and it's going to decide who has home field advantage uh, kind of lost a bit of its luster as the season went on with Mahomes' injury. The Chiefs have kind of underwhelmed a little bit. Pat's come up with a pretty embarrassing loss in the Houston Texans. But this game will still have a huge amount of play implications. It won't maybe decide who makes it, who doesn't, but who plays who and which round will pretty much come down to this game, I think, because I feel like both teams will win out after this game. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, especially, Rich, in that I feel like it's a classic case of strength against strength and weakness against weakness, and that the offense of KFC is very powerful. Patriots defense is great. Patriots offense is struggling, and the Kansas City defense, Rich, stinks. So if they can't bounce back offensively against the Chiefs, I will definitely be worried. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think specifically with uh, the type of matchups that the Patriots will have here, the Chiefs have been awful on defense this entire year. They're the reason why they're not uh, one of those top contenders at this point. Just through some numbers here, uh, they rank 29th in first downs allowed to opposing teams. They rank 30th in yards allowed per carry. They rank uh, 30th in time of possession, so they're allowing other teams to hold the ball quite long. Uh, they are they rank 26th in yards allowed per drive, 22nd in points allowed per drive. So this is a bottom 10 defense. This is exactly what the doctors ordered for the New England Patriots and their offense. And so looking at the matchups here, Alec, if you're Josh McDaniels, and you're Tom Brady, how are you going to try and attack this Kansas City Chiefs defense? Uh, like I said in our last podcast, Rich, I really want the Patriots to start establishing the run a lot more, be it Sony Michelle, be it James White, be it Damian Harris, be it Brandon Bolden, be it whoever the case may be. I want to see the Patriots become a run-first team. I don't care how they do it, and I think that the Kansas City Chiefs, who are awful against the run, represent a great chance to do that. Uh, the concern, obviously, is that Ted Karras will most likely miss this game as he recovers that MCL sprain, with James Ferenc stepping in as their third-string center, and the center's obviously the most important part of the offensive line, so chemistry is an issue, but I want to see a lot of runs, a lot of Sony Michelle, a lot of Rex Burkhead, maybe James White out of the backfield as a receiving back, then some play actions to the tight ends up the middle if necessary, Edelman getting open, maybe a better game from Snoo if he's healthy. But more than anything else, I want to see long, sustained drives through the running game to keep the homes off the field and establish the Patriots as a running team. I'm dying to see it, and I hope it happens on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, this is a Kansas City Chiefs defense that really struggles against the run. As I said, not just are they 30th against the run in yards allowed per carry, which is 5.1. That's like crazy amount of success. They've allowed 225 rushing yards to the Titans, 203 to the Ravens, 192 to the Texans, 186 to the Lions, and 180 to the Colts. This is a defense that allows opposing teams to run the ball pretty regularly and pretty comfortably. And so, sure, uh, Sony Michelle has not been the running back that people had hoped uh, or had seen during the postseason push. But this is the game for the Patriots to try and control the clock, not just because they need to like figure out how they're going to 
succeed and thrive on offense, but also just keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. You know, reduce the number of drives that the Kansas City Chiefs can have, make this a lower-scoring affair, make it so each drive has a little bit more leverage for each of the teams. That's the type of game that the Patriots need to play. They need to win that way, and they can do that by controlling the ball, controlling the clock, and uh, with Sony Michelle out there running the ball or even trying to utilize some of the running backs as, as receivers out of the backfield. This is not a fast Kansas City Chiefs defense. This is not like the most experienced. Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens rank number one and two on their team in tackles. So Anthony Hitchens is a familiar player for a lot of Patriots fans. They've seen him for a couple years now. Uh, he is okay. He is a, a solid linebacker. He's not great, but he's got some speed. It's Damian Wilson that they'll definitely want to try and uh, tackle or go after a little bit. It's his first year in the Kansas City Chiefs defense. He uh, coming over from Dallas. This is the, the type of matchup that the Patriots will want to utilize James White a lot. And after seeing the type of success that James White had during the, the final minutes, I know it was garbage time against the Houston Texans, but it's very, very clear that there are two players that the Patriots trust on offense, one being Julian Edelman. The other is James White. We've been asking for a James White breakout performance for the entire year. Last week, technically was it against the Houston Texans. He set a career high in yards from scrimmage. It's just increasingly evident that they will need to rely on him to generate some sort of offense, to create positive matchups for other players on that offense, to go with the tempo, to keep Tom Brady protected in the pocket. James White is their top running back. They need to treat him as such, and that's why he's my X factor for this game. Interesting, Rich. So you don't think this is the game to maybe try and get Nikhil Harry more involved in the offense and maybe run some routes to Jacoby Myers, get him more uh, acclimated to Tom Brady, see if Philip Dorsett can fully recover from the concussion, whatever that is really hampering him. You don't see them doing that this game, more towards going to their bread and butter, what works, making sure that's running smoothly and maybe filling in with the other pieces I just mentioned later on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think this game is too important. Uh, they're playing too good of a team for them to try and figure out how certain pieces fit into their offense. That's not what this is. Uh, they have games against the Bengals and Dolphins to figure that out. I mean, this is reminding me a bit of uh, not necessarily the 2015 season, but you remember when there were certain times where the Patriots just decided we're just going to run the ball for the entire half. Uh, that's what they did in the first half against the Miami Dolphins. And I want to say it was the season finale of 2015. It cost them home field advantage. That's something that they can't afford to do. They can't be like, okay, let's see if we can establish the run. Let's see if we can get Nikhil Harry involved. They can't afford to do that. There will be times to do that against other teams. Chiefs aren't it. Uh, it is a good defense, or sorry, it's a good defense to try and capitalize against, but the Bengals are terrible. The Dolphins are terrible. There will be other opportunities. The goal against the Chiefs is to get an early lead, and then hopefully you can force the Chiefs to become one-dimensional on offense and allow the defense to do its thing. I agree with that. I think there's plenty of time to get the offense on the same page. I guess the only thing I would wonder is with teams as bad as the Bengals and Dolphins, it's like how much can you really rely on anything that might happen in those games? But you can't be looking ahead to Cincinnati, Miami, or Buffalo. It's all about Kansas City right now. And if we are going to establish the run and, and make James White and Edelman the kind of linchpin and the main engine of the offense, it's going to come down to the offensive line which it might be obvious my X factor is going to be James France, who is going to get his start at center. I'm very keyed to find in replacement duty against the Texans, but that's a very different 
beast, and I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy that we hope he is. I have no idea. Total X factor in that I don't know, and hopefully he'll be fine. But again, like I said, that center is such an important position, and the chemistry's off. I remember Ted Karras' snaps were going high early in the season after Andrews went out. So uh, if the Patriots are going to have success on the ground, it's going to start up front. So hopefully Ferenc can step in and be seamless as one can be for a third-string center. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, that that's a good point. We saw last week, I, I agree with you, I think France did as well as you could expect, being a third stringer coming out there. But DJ Reader, big nose tackle for the Texans, did have a very, very strong game against the Patriots. He caused them a lot of problems. And they're facing another really good defensive tackle in Chris Jones of the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I expect the Kansas City to try and pressure uh, James Ferentz a lot, try and force him to have some miscommunications next to Jack Mason and Joe Tooney. So I agree, offensive line uh, production will be incredibly important. Um, but that's also just to say they need to make sure that Tom Brady has enough time in the pocket so he does not default to what you talked about in the last podcast, just chucking up double coverage passes to Julian Edelman because he doesn't feel confident that anything else will get going on the on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, he's had times in the past where he, he could have thrown a ball to a double-covered Randy Moss, double-covered Gronk, because they're big bodies, and hopefully one day soon a double-covered Nikhil Harry. That'd be great to see, but definitely not this season. Edelman is not the guy you want going for the ball, all five foot ten of him. Uh, but that is the most curious matchup for me, the offense versus the Kansas City defense. Uh, the real matchup is going to be in the trenches of the Patriots defense versus the Kansas City offense. This is going to be a really fun matchup to watch. One of those times I'll be excited when the Patriots punt because not only are they leading the league in punts right now, it would be fun to watch this KC offense try if they can figure out the Patriots defense. I think it would be a very telling game for both sides, Kansas City and New England, who gets the better of who. If you are Bill Belichick and Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick, Check and whoever else is running that defense, you're looking across the line, you're seeing Patrick Mahomes, you're seeing Tyreek Hill, you're seeing a strong running game and LaShawn McCoy, you're seeing Travis Kelsey, you're seeing a lot of weapons, especially given that receiving backs and tight ends have burned this team in the past. How are you matching up? What's your strategy? Yeah, I mean, it's very, very difficult because there are so many options in this Chiefs offense. Everything is like a moving piece. The running backs can all run. They can all catch. I mean, LaShawn McCoy has, like, about 400, 200, 400 rushing yards, 200 receiving-ish. Damian Williams is at that 300, 150. And Darrell Williams, uh, you know, it's kind of an even split, 150, 150. Those are all roughly uh, rough numbers. But all that is to say is that there is not a tell. You know, with the Patriots, if Sony Michelle is on the field, you know they're going to run the ball. With James White, it's probably going to be a pass. You don't have that sort of tell with this Kansas City Chiefs offense. So you're going to have to try and defend the running back as best as you can, uh, and you can't really counter based off of who you're facing. And all the other players on that offense, you have Travis Kelsey, who right now is you know top three tight end in the league. He has 923 receiving yards, only four touchdowns, but he is very clearly the top option in that offense. You have Tyreek Hill, who is, you know, 1B to Travis Kelsey's 1A. He missed some time with an injury, but he's back. He has about 600 uh, yards on the year, five touchdowns. He's very, very productive. And then you have a rotating cast. You have Sammy Watkins, who just absolutely...